welcome to the FBC Global Missions Podcast. And this is Jim Poole and have Joel and Rachel McManigal uh, with us uh, today. So thanks for thanks for being with us from Southeast Asia. And I it's been been a little while since we had you guys on. Looking forward to visiting again and catching up some. Yeah, thanks for having us. So um, I do know that um, uh, you guys have uh, recently moved, uh, moved houses and relocated. So um, share a little, little bit with us about that. Yeah, so the, the move came about um, just through conversations with people in our church just wanting to get more connected with them. We were seeing everybody on Sundays and building relationships with them and stuff. Um, but just wanting to connect more with people at a church. And as we talked with uh, the folks in church, we found out everybody kind of lives in one area of town that was quite far from our old house. And so at the time, um, our contract on that house uh, was up. And so we just started looking out in this area where everybody from our church was living and just looking for places. But it was kind of difficult too because it was quite the drive. And so in order for us to drive out and to drive around communities looking for, for rent signs, um, it was taking quite a bit of time to do that. Um, there is some things posted online, uh, but uh, so in like just like in the U.S. where you can look for places online, you can do that some here. But all of those, the majority of those houses would be in very very wealthy neighborhoods in neighborhoods where you have less of a community because there's less of less need, and so. Typically, what's online is not what we were looking for. Mm. And then, and so we, as we were looking, we just started asking people in our church to just, um, if we do move out this way, is there more potential for relationship? Mm. Do the folks hang out or do they kind of stick to themselves during the week and then hang out on Sundays? Or we just, we just had no idea. Mm -hmm. and with each person that we kind of shared our thoughts with they were excited about it and yeah I'll help you find a place and start listing all the people that would live near us and that could come visit us and that um, we could visit them and um, each person just kind of the same reaction well, well I'll help you find a place I'll keep an eye out and some of them even I know drove around looking for places for us and hmm. it was um that there was a house we were interested in so we asked asked them about it what do you think of this what do you think of the community here and um and so yeah it was it was it was a really neat um process looking for a house because the church uh really rallied behind us uh, really encouraged us to do it um and then the place we ended up finding uh, was someone in our church that knew somebody who works for somebody <laughs> that, <laughs> that um, has a house for rent about what we were looking for and so they they brought us out here to look at it and we yeah we really liked it like the house and um and then, uh, yeah, last uh, two weeks ago, we moved out here, and it's a thirty-minute drive from where we were. Mm. And so, the week before we moved, we kind of just slowly moved some of our stuff um, as we were, uh, yeah, just kind of setting up the house slowly. And then on Sunday, on Sunday. Uh, well, first on Saturday, um, the the women at our church all gathered together at our new house to clean it and get, get it all ready. So, hmm. we met the ladies out here, and uh, 
they uh, cleaned the house. The, the couple that brought us to see the house, um, the wife, she said she had mentioned having the ladies come out and clean it. And the guy mentioned having all the guys help us move our stuff. And he said, he said, and if you don't let us help, we're going to be mad at you and we're not going to come visit. And so, <laughs> so they were, yeah, just more than willing to help and stuff. And so on a Saturday, the ladies came out and they cleaned the house. And then on Sunday, we were planning to move the stuff, um, kind of uh, all of our bigger furniture and stuff. We didn't have a ton of stuff. Because the um, yeah the beds at the old place that was belonged to the owner the couch um, the washing machine a lot of those bigger items were uh, they belonged to the house anyway but in, um, on that Sunday um, the church is very very communal and so usually on Sunday mm. there's that's when um, events are happening. Mm. and that's when they're gathering together to do events and so one of the events was us moving. Mm. Well, there was two other events that day that were quite important. Um, one of them where they were going to a cremation site um, that other churches were going to be allowed to use and stuff and just kind of um, dedicating the site. Uh, so there were several people from our church represented our church that went to that. Uh, and then there was a um, a leadership meeting in the church, all of the elders and deacons and um, yeah, leaders of the different of the youth, leaders of the um, the different ministries that they have all had a kind of like a staff meeting. So they all met. And so I I was not sure how many people were gonna help us move and stuff mm -hmm. um, with these other things going on. Most of the, the people that I know really well and have talked to a lot and have been talking about us moving, all of them are um, part of the leadership. Meeting. And so mm -hmm. they, were, they were all given their apologies of why they couldn't come and stuff. And so um, Sunday came and by the end of the service, the pastor came up to me and he said, hey, I have, I have uh, five or six trucks lined up to help you. Mm. And I was like, what? Five <laughs> or six trucks? Like, who are these people that are doing this? And, and I had no idea. And um, after church, we all eat lunch together. And while we're eating lunch, it started pouring down rain. Like, it mm. just... The Lord opened up the floodgates and it was just wow. boring. And so then everybody is asking me, okay, can the stuff get wet? Do you have tarps? Do you have plastic? And I was like, ah, <laughs> no, it can't all get wet. A lot of it is furniture. Uh, I don't have tarps and plastic. So then I, um, I was at, talking to the, the pastor about it and he said, he um, told me where I could go buy like a big roll of plastic to cover the stuff. And he got them on the phone so I could talk to them and order this roll of plastic. So I did that. And then we go to leave the church and uh, someone came up and handed me their, the keys to their truck and said, here, you drive mine. And then that way I can drive another truck. Mm. So, okay. And so then Rachel was going to go get the plastic and I was going to the house to um, begin loading. And on the way, like the blue sky opened mm. up and the clouds moved away. Mm. And so I was just thinking, man, you know what? Maybe we don't need this plastic. It was, it was going to be, yeah, 50, 80 bucks or something. Mm. And so I called Rachel and said, you know what? I don't think we need the plastic. They didn't need to cut it anything. It was a whole roll. So we're not really, we're not putting them out by not getting it. So we, we canceled that order and went to the house and loaded. We started loading at two and by, and there turned out to be seven trucks. By the time we, um, we got all 
moved over to our house. It was maybe three thirty. Um, so just and that's with a so it took about an hour to load all the trucks and then a half hour to drive over to the house and um, the yeah blue skies. There was one of the trucks we didn't use. Another truck they. Um, I was going to drive my motorcycle over and the guy said, oh, we have an extra truck. Let's just put it in the back of the truck. And so we did that. And um, yeah, just, and there were so many people there to help lift stuff. Like it, I felt like I hardly did anything that day except for point mm -hmm. to what was ours and what wasn't. And, and return stuff that wasn't supposed to be moved. <laughs> take stuff back into the house. No, that's not ours. <laughs> we had one <laughs> That said, if I stand still too long, I, I don't take me too. They were just <laughs> so willing to help and just grabbing everything out of the house and loading it into the trucks. And um, so we got to the house, got unloaded by four, and everybody kind of hung out for a while, eating snacks and having some drinks and stuff. And they left. And about 4:30, the floodgates just opened up again and it downpoured for another several hours. Um, wow. Yeah, it just felt so blessed um, by the Lord, just holding off the rain. Um, just so blessed by the community, um, helping us move. And um, just uh, most of the people moving, I, I didn't know very well at all. Mm. Um, some of them I met for the first time. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it was just, yeah, just really, really felt loved and encouraged and they were excited and yeah, it was, it was just a really, we were very, very blessed. We're here serving them and yeah, we're receiving way more blessing than they are for sure. So that's, yeah. And looking back, we just see God's faithfulness in this process because even before we moved here, um, kind of our goals for this season was, okay, learn the language and get involved in the local church. Those are like our two big goals for this season. And it was really discouraging the first year, over a year, um, the day we arrived in, in town. Um, the church closed their doors because of COVID, and I know we've shared that before. And then we thought, okay, this will be a few weeks or whatever. And so we um, had some other people in our organization that are in town learning language. And so on Sundays, we were gathering with them to worship. And yeah, just looking back on this whole process, it's neat to see God's faithfulness. Um, I think even before moving, when we were still in Virginia, our two goals for this season of life were um learn language and then make connections with the local church those are like our two main things and um it's been it had been pretty discouraging our first year not being able to be um, part of the church <laughs> i don't know if you can hear our local announcement in the background but um yeah so when we arrived in country the church closed because of covid and um, we, we thought it was just gonna be like a couple weeks and we would wait it out. And so um, we had been gathering with um, the other people in our organization that are also here learning language on Sundays and um, worshiping with them and just kind of waiting um, to get plugged in with the church. Well, this went on for some months yeah. and we finalized, okay, this, this isn't gonna change anytime soon and with, our one of our main goals being to plug in with the local church like how how can we do this in COVID with the church meeting online and stuff like how how can we get involved can we change our perspective and the way we're approaching things and so we did we started joining um church online on a Sunday morning and then we realized there were other opportunities then online as well they had a online bible study um, and then online prayer meeting during the week. So there were two other opportunities during the week to get involved. And so we just started showing up virtually to everything that we could. And it felt on our end, it felt very um, lacking. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. We didn't feel connected, but we felt like it was important to just get 
our names and our faces out there and show that, hey, like this is our desire and this is something that is important to us. And so whatever's available, like we're going to show up to and mm-hmm. we see the fruit of that initially. Um, but looking back now, we just see God's leading in that because I think it really did, um, yeah, make some inroads for us so that when finally when the church did open the end of May, um, people knew who we were, they were excited about it, us being there, and we really were embraced with open arms, and we have felt that so much, especially with this move, like Joel was sharing, like they have been so supportive, and um, they now see us as a part of their family, and um, that's been really special, um, and something, a direct result, um, to prayers, I, I just recognize so much that um, we've been having people pray for us this whole time. And on Sunday afternoon, we had a little outing with our language helper and her husband and their kids. We went to a reservoir locally, and um, it was just so cool because from the beginning, when we started meeting with her over a year ago, we're like, "Okay, our kids are similar age. Like we connect really well. We met her husband, and we're like." It'd be really cool if we could hang out as families, but um, mm. we shared about little Adrienne and her heart disease, um, so they were really, really cautious with COVID, and so we, we didn't hang out with them at all outside of language sessions or church, um, so then this last Sunday was the first time that we did hang out, and it was, it was really fun. Our families do get along really well, um, and so, yeah, I just feel like that was affirmation from the Lord um, for our you know, waiting over the last year and just doing what we can. And um, yeah, we're just thankful for his faithfulness. And then it is really sweet to be able to kind of reap some of those, the results from that time. That's great. How many, how many kids does this family have? Um, They have two. So their son is Makai's age. So he's eight. And then their daughter, Adrian, is, is she five? Yeah, so she's a little bit younger than Malachi. But they um, they actually speak quite a bit of English. Their parents have been really intentional with teaching them. So that helps our kids. Our kids are learning some of the language here. And so kind of between the two, they have a mismatch of language that they use and they can communicate. So they have fun together. That's sweet. I mean, that's what a what a story i mean it was i remember you guys sharing like you just said it was tough in the beginning um going there with you know with those trusting god for those you know goals and objectives and and uh, to connect with the church and it was just you know how do you how do you connect through a screen and you know do language stuff through a screen and it was just it was it was it was a struggle for a while and so you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, language study, Rachel, and and so how is um, language study going um, for the both of you? Yeah, so we had an evaluation in August, and that was really encouraging to see that we've improved a lot over the last year. Um, so um, yeah, it's hard to explain the whole. <laughs> the whole like way that they evaluate and stuff but basically we're we're communicating well there's not a whole lot that we're not understanding we're able to communicate we might not have all the vocabulary but between the vocabulary we do have and um, being able to explain things like okay we might not know the word for something but we can describe it or um, mm-hmm. yeah so there's not a whole lot just kind of in everyday life that we're not able to understand or communicate um, so um, right now, the goal is just to really polish our language so that we sound natural and we can communicate in a way that is persuasive. Um, and we're really thankful for the push um, that our work has in, um, in language because um, what we have right now, it works. But then when you think about communicating the truth of God's word, um, we don't want something that just works like we want to be able to communicate in a way that is relevant and effective and um, we did identify some gaps with the help 
um, of our evaluator um, in our culture, mainly. Um, a lot of our friends are in the church and are believers, um, which is cool. Um, but we we have some gaps when it comes to the, the Buddhist worldview. Um, and so something that you guys um, can be praying with us about is just that we would make some connections with some people who um, are Buddhist and so we can learn more about the way they, they view life and they think about things. And um, just so that we can contextualize God's word um, in, in to, to people that have that worldview. It's just, it's, it's been neat to see, yeah, with language, progress just feels so slow um, because in order, in order to, um, yeah, as, as you're learning words and stuff, like first you hear them and you don't have any idea what that means. And then you get a definition of it. Well, then you hear it again eventually. And, oh yeah, I remember that. I've heard that before, it sounds familiar, but I can't remember what it means. And then you get the definition again as a reminder. And then later on you hear it again and you, and it takes you a little bit to think, think of what it means. And then a while later you hear it again and you know right away what it means. But when you're speaking, like that word still does not come up in your vocabulary to use it. And then after a while, eventually, it, that word becomes natural enough to where you can use it on a regular basis. So like that's, yeah, that's the progression of one word going from the never heard it before to I'm using it. And that takes a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes it feels like, you know, there is no progress, but then, yeah, if you sit down and think about, okay, this word that I'm using regularly now, I remember when I didn't know what that was. Um, mm -hmm. And, but then, but then the, the, the language learning process, it really, it really never ends because, um, yeah, no languages, their words are one-to-one. -one. And so you learn a meaning of a word and that might be true, but that mean that word might be way broader than the word we had in English, or it might be way more narrow than the word we had in English. Mm. And there's another word that expands it. Um, and so there's just a lot of things like that where, yeah, we we learn we learn a word and we're confident in it, and then we hear it in another context and oh, I didn't know you could use that word there or. Um, yeah, one example is of the word that is translated as herb in English. When we think of a herb in English, it's um, plants only, and it's um, particular kinds of plants. But in um, in Thai, it include it's it's anything that can use as a remedy. And so, yes, that is plants and that is what we in English would call herbs, but it also includes any animal parts that they may use as a remedy for anything. Wow. So it could be, it could be like bones or it could be some sort of concoction that they have made that is, it yeah includes animal parts and includes plants um, and so that that word if you look it up it, that it's it you would think it's a direct translation and it works it works most of the time <laughs> but yeah there's it, it's not a direct one to one so yeah there's so many yeah examples of that where okay you just have to be open-minded in the sense that um, you're not going to write in stone that this word equals this word in English. Like, okay, here's a use of it, but you're open to, okay, where else may, might I hear this? 
and what else might this mean? Because it's either broader or, or more narrow in hmm. just about situation. So we can also use a word incorrectly because we think that it's a one-to-one -one translation, but they wouldn't use it in a context or something. Um, yeah, and an example of that in reverse, there was a, um, a Thai person that was um, showing us um, these lizards that were soaking in some sort of alcohol that they use as a remedy, and and she and she called it an herb. And <laughs> wait a second, wow. that's not that's not an herb, but the Thai word for herb, yes, that that is what that would be. And so in reverse, we would, we're prone to do that in Thai, where if the English word is way more broad than the Thai word, we may use it, um, yeah, incorrectly like that. And mm. that's really relevant when it comes to teaching God's word. Um, we, mm. we, we've been exploring the meaning of grace in Thai because it isn't a one-for-one -one in English. And so we've been thinking about, okay, where do they use the word grace? And something that's been really cool for me um, and more the cultural aspect of our studies is um, just learning about aspects of their culture that become an inroad for the gospel and um, that we can leverage in communicating God's truth. And one of those things is um, the way that they view parents in this society is really beautiful. And we experienced that on Thai Mother's Day that happens mm. in August. And the entire church service was dedicated to Mother's Day and all the mothers were seated in the front and the wow. children had a special number that they sang and then all the children pinned flowers on their mother's chest and um, it was just this huge deal and I remember Mother's Day from my childhood but this was mm -hmm. my first time as a mother experiencing it in this culture and it was so cool. And, and there's a word that they use. There's not really a direct translation in English, but it talks about a child's appreciation for what their parents have sacrificed, specifically their mothers. Like the, mm. the mother-child bond is really significant here. It's essentially an indebtedness, but that word in English has negative connotations to be in debt. Mm. Um, and so, yeah thinking of an indebtedness that is not uh, that is not negative and that is born from gratitude mm. and yeah obligation is close but that also I feel like has negative connotations so like an obligation an indebtedness that that is that comes from gratitude and thankfulness it's it's a positive thing yeah. So this is a huge part of their culture here and it's been really cool to explore. And um, something that's really important to them is then to care for parents in later life because your parents cared for you when you were young and helpless. And so for a child, it is their responsibility to give their parents good care when they're elderly. And someone who's a social outcast is someone who, who wouldn't take care of their parents here. I mean, that is just like pretty much the worst thing that you can do and even, from a spiritual aspect like there's a special level of hell for people who kill their parents or mistreat their parents or i mean it's just like all over the culture here mm. and it's just such a cool thing because i mm. think they they understand in a unique way the gratitude that we we can have towards the lord for what he's done for us because there is this positive indebtedness and this obligation to serve and to respond to the sacrifice that parents have done and it's mm. I think it's just a beautiful picture of the gospel like yes we can never repay the gift that Christ gave us but how can we live in light of that in, in, a, in a joyful service and response to him and yeah, so there's every once in a while we hit on a, an aspect of the culture that is like, oh, this is really cool. And this is like a something that we can use as a bridge to the gospel. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, because they will, they, in, in that relate that child parent relationship, they will talk about the, all that the parents have done for the child when the child was helpless and hmm. just, just the grace upon grace. 
and the generosity. And man, you look at creation, you look at God's pursuit of Israel, and that's what they're describing um, in this imperfect world is it is what God does perfectly and mm. his pursuit of mankind and his generosity and mm. his his pouring out um, his other centeredness is is something that they value at at the core of their culture they they mm. value that. and so that's that's something that is so important to um to describe God clearly and to um, point to who, who who he truly is because none of the spirits, none of the things that they worship and believe in are like that. Hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, it just reminds me of, of Paul, uh, I think it was in Athens where there is that idol to the unknown God. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this 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 ideal that they describe and that they value in their culture that God is is that and much more. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that's that's really again tying that back into the church and um, like Mother's Day and you know being able to have that time there you know with the church and that experience there at the church and just the way the way that god worked that and all that came about i mean to me to me that's just like extra special extra awesome because not only you know if you were to learn something um you know significant in language study or whatever or you know but to learn something like that with the significance with the with the spiritual um depth to it about what all that means and then tying that into just the way that god's working to open the church back up and give you the relationships at the church and mother's day at the church I and mean, that's just a that's just a that's a that's a great that's a great thing that the lord did for you guys and you know will continue to do for you all that's that's awesome yeah so when you're in the church services, um, are you able to understand like most of what's being taught, like even with the even with the spiritual terminology? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think we're at the point where there's yeah, there's not much that we're missing. There's um, words here. There's, there's words here and there, um, but yeah, we're. I definitely feel like we're at the point where we we are being fed from the word um, in in another language, and so awesome. wow, that's yeah, cool. that's really really encouraging. And yeah. and I mean, all all languages that way, where your comprehension is going to be way above what you're able to communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. Yeah, even though we're understanding at that level, we're not we're not communicating at that level. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then um like how much language school do you have left or or what's your you know kind of estimation of that? So um with our evaluation, our evaluator said we could be done in February. Um so okay. that's kind of a tentative date um but of course language study you never like we never actually finish but that's right. kind of when we could finish our program yeah so then um when do you, when would you if that part of it say done in february then when would you think that like you'd be um estimate or you know possibly be at a spot where you could teach uh in thai um i think i think teaching in thai is probably going to come before february okay um, a couple of the pastor asked me about it asked if he could put me on the or asked me if i was ready to be put on the teaching schedule awesome. I, said, I, I don't think i'm quite ready for that yet and this was in june and i said maybe two or three more months until we're past that so I'm, <laughs> well, we're, we're waiting 
I think oh, we're four, <laughs> we're four months past that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm anticipating um, being put on that before then. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm at the point where with a lot of preparation and help, um, I think, yeah, I think I could teach in Thai. Um, mm. It would be after February and beyond where I think if, if it was on the spot, hey, can you share something uh, real quick? I think, yeah, that would be later down the road, that type of mm -hmm. thing. But I think at this point with, with preparation and stuff, I think. It, right. So then uh, be, be ready to give, an, give a uh, defense in season and out of season for you and Ty, not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a little clause for it by you, uh, when, when it, uh, except for teaching Ty right now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's, that's great. You know, language, the school you've been going to being done in February and maybe put into the teaching rotation so um i mean what would that do they have like sunday school at your church and is there a like a, i'm sure there's some sort of a main service at the church and um i mean when they talk about putting you into like a teaching rotation uh what what format would that be in yeah that would be um the sunday service okay teaching um uh, they do have a, uh, before church, there's a Sunday school where they're going through creation to Christ. Um, nice. But I don't, yeah, I don't think that that's the teaching rotation he's, he was referring to. Okay. They also have Monday night that there's a prayer meeting, but typically somebody shares like a short devotional or right. and they've mentioned having Joel on that as well. So that would be another opportunity. On Sunday mornings, um, the service there that they're you know, talking about, do they typically teach um, like through a section of the Bible? Is it more um, exegetical? Is it more uh, topical? Or what's the, what's that like? It's more exegetical, depending on the teacher. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a teaching rotation. And so it, uh, each and and each teacher is going to decide what they teach and so it's not progressive in any way mm. it's not so it, it's very topical but some some will do a, a better job of yeah teaching a passage exegetically um uh yeah so it's um yeah, it's not progressive at all. There's probably five five guys that teach, yeah. including the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So the the rotation is is yeah those people taking turns and then they yeah they share kind of whatever the Lord puts on their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So that's in some ways that's nice for me because. Yeah, early on, I think I'm going to need to teach what I am able to communicate and not um, try to communicate uh, something I want to teach. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I mean, you can, early on, you kind of stay where you're comfortable at with, with, with your language. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. Yeah, they hey joel we want you to teach this and it's some <laughs> passage or topic you know it isn't in your wheelhouse then um yeah it might be We're a not right. yeah, yeah so what about what about the ladies at the church rachel are they um do the ladies do anything for you know just the ladies or or does it just i mean does the church pretty much just meet as a whole with everybody together um, no, so they, they're, the way they kind of split up is the men, well, the, 
the fathers, the mothers, the youth, which includes like young, young singles as well, um, and then the little kids. And so um, the moms will meet a couple times a month after church. So typically we have the church service, we have lunch together, and then usually there's some kind of activity in the afternoon. So like this week, the moms are getting together after church for a couple hours to share um, and have a time of fellowship and sharing. And then once a month, that, that time would be more um, teaching. One of the women will um, teach from the word or from, I think they're doing a book study. Um, so I've been able to join, um, yeah, and, and practice sharing scripture um, in that context too. So that's been, that's been cool. And then, um, yeah, they'll do like fun outings during the week sometime as well. So, and then, um, yeah, they, like last week they had a little, um, a little market where they sold stuff and they raised funds for their, for them, their outings, um, during the, during the month or during the year. Um, so there's, yeah, it's a really fun community because mm -hmm. they do spending time together and there's activities and helping each other like raise funds and then deciding like what they want to do with those and time in the word and yeah, it is. It is a really lively community that's been really enjoyable. That's awesome. That sounds great. I'm, man, I'm so happy for you guys that um, God's brought it to, brought it to this point. Yeah, I'm sure there's just nothing but um, you know more growing in these relationships, you know, ahead of y'all. So that's great. How about um, we've we've we talked about moving and church life and ministry stuff. And what about like your all's family life? You know, how are the girls? How are the kids? Not the girls. How are Malachi and Kaya? How are the kids? And um, um, how are they doing? And like, how are you all finding, um, you know, the four of you there? And I know you said it was a bit lonely for a little while, Rachel, when your folks were gone. And But I think they're back now. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah how's how's family life with the four of you yeah we're doing well and um, one thing with the moves that we were nervous about was uprooting the kids again um we didn't know how that would be for them and so we tried to prep them and talk through things a lot and they have been super positive and excited about it which we were a little bit surprised um yeah. they did have a couple friends in our old neighborhood um but we, we felt like, especially with the one girl that they've gotten close to, Alice, we felt like um, we have enough of a relationship that we can have her over for a day during the weekend or something like that. So we have her contact information and we're hoping to, to keep that up. So that was, I think, a help for the kids. And um, yeah, they've been really positive about it and have done well. Um, we started our homeschool year back in August and hmm. <laughs> I've tried to keep that somewhat <laughs> consistent even with the move um, just to give them structure um, yeah so they've been doing well and they're excited about being closer um, with friends at church um, and again that's just the Lord's faithfulness because we didn't hmm. know how the move overseas would be with them and there's there's been some hard things they really miss their cousins um, but yeah, yeah. All I would say they transitioned really well, and um, even our friends in church have noticed that and have said, "Hey, like your kids are really—they're doing really well. They're really adaptable. They eat the food well. They're—I'm starting to speak the language." And so, um, yeah, we've tried to encourage the kids too, of like, "Hey, we are in this as a family, and like your attitudes and the way you're embracing life here." communicates to people too and they're noticing that that honors the lord yeah awesome cool. what kind of things do you guys do like um with the with the four of you do you like go to the market together and are there things that you just are, are enjoying doing with the i mean i know moving has, has consumed you for the past month i'm sure but um yeah, what kind of things, you, like what's, what's, what do you guys and do join together, just kind of all the four of you? 
we spend a lot of time together, which is something we enjoy about our lifestyle here. It's nice just to do life together, but um, something that's been sweet in the midst of the move is, Joel mentioned it takes about 30 minutes to go from our old house to our new house. So we've listened to a lot of audio books. So that's been an activity. We, we drive from point A to point B and we listen to stories. So we finished the Chronicles of Narnia and now we're listening to Anne of Green Gables. So okay. getting like, literature in that way <laughs> yeah and the kids are at a good age to play games as well they're eight and six so yeah there's quite a few games now that they can play and so they'll want to sit down and play a game and recently it's been monopoly or settlers that they've been wanting to play okay so it's yeah that's that's fun that they're at the age where they can play and not beat us yet. So that's good. <laughs> I, I think your daughter beat you in that's Settlers true, the true. other day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's fun. Oh, that's that's really fun. Yeah, that that that's great. Yeah, getting to the point and playing board games and things yeah. like that. Yeah. The real that seven, you get to move the robber where you want it to go. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they play really well together too. So we're thankful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Oh, good. Well, everybody here misses you guys. That's for sure. But we're thinking about you often. And, and um, thanks for the updates that you guys send. It was, like I said, it was really nice to see the photos. Um, last week when you guys sent us, it was great. I, was, I look at the kids on that swing there, and um, I I enjoyed seeing that one. It was it was nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we miss everybody too, and thank you so much for your prayers and just standing behind us because we yeah we really feel it and we're really blessed to know that mm. we have that support back home. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's one of those things that language helper said the other day, talking about our kids and how they've adjusted well. And yeah, just kind of in that conversation, kind of dawning on us. Yeah, there's been a lot of people praying for them and a lot of people um, before we moved over praying for them and continuing to pray for them. And yeah, we just yeah attribute that to the Lord's grace and the Lord's faithfulness and the Lord answering uh, the prayers of the body is mm -hmm. that continue to lift our family up and lift our kids up and we just really 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 appreciate that yeah well we're 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 thankful to be part of family with you all you know and um I know some in our church is family by blood and and um other of us were we're family in the Lord and we're part of our we're part of our, our our global family and we're just super thankful to yeah so well I know that um um your Joel your parents are gonna come over and see you I think later this year and and um we might see you in Nepal in a couple of weeks but um yeah yeah well, let me pray for you guys. And um, Lord, just thanks for letting us, letting us visit with Joel and Rachel. And thanks for them and for Malachi and Micaiah. And uh, just thanks for all that they've shared and just the greatness of who you are and the faithfulness of, of who you are. And just taking care of them as a family uh, the transition with the kids, um, not only getting over there, but then also transitioning into uh, the new house two weeks ago and transitioning and getting, you know, homeschool up and going again in August. And, and so just saying thank you for your faithfulness, God, and who you are, that that's who you are. Um, and that's what you do. You're just faithful to us and for us. And, and Lord, thanks for just your faithfulness to them and uh, their language 
as, as you just continuing to give them more and more uh, understanding and ability and in the language and um so lord just thanks for thanks for that and for um, the ability to uh, maybe move into the teaching rotation soon uh, boy what a what a step that will be to begin to um, just communicate and teach in the church in the language what a what a great step that'll be i'm sure it's exciting to anticipate that coming so thanks for your faithfulness there lord and and also just in the church and 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 the move and getting them uh, just geographically uh, closer to um just the church body so they can uh, be uh, just closer in terms of distance and spend more time together and visiting and uh, fellowshipping together thanks for the family they went out with recently just the time we gave them together and the fellowship that you gave them as um as adults and with the kids as well so just thank you so much for that yeah we just hold hold uh, joel and rachel and malachi and kai before you lord and, and um continue to lead and guide and direct them and what's you know what's next what are some of the next steps once they get through the language and continue to build relationships in the church and where you would have them to you know specifically um kind of hone in on um discipling and um uh, training and equipping and drawing alongside and and uh, teaching so just uh, the next you know months ahead just give clarity uh, with that and uh, what that will look, look like for them we just uh, we we thank you in advance and we trust you for your guidance and for your direction as we know that you'll give that to them as you have given them everything that we've been talking about uh, through your faithfulness and through your greatness um, as we've heard, heard testimony of so thanks lord and um and thanks for this time in your name we pray amen Everyone.